ML Nation, episode 183. Nothing to rejoice comes without sacrifice and pain. And if you're going to be successful in anything, it doesn't matter what industry is, you have to persevere. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. Before we get started, I want to share with you the secret to learning faster. And you know it already because you're listening to the show. And it is through audiobooks. With audiobooks, you get to listen and learn from all the books that you want to read, but you just don't have time. Come on, come on. I'm sure there's probably 10, 20 books you know you need to read, you should read, and you want to read, but you just don't have time. Because And reading sometimes is tough. It's sometimes tough to find, carve out 10, 15 minutes uh, during your day. But it's always easy to listen to audiobooks just like you listen to this podcast. And with ML Nation, you can get a free audiobook. Just go to mlnationbook.com. Again, that's mlmnationbook.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I am fired up to bring you a purple episode. Now, as we go into our second year of the show, we're adding something new. And once in a while, we have the special purple episodes. A lot of you have messaged us back about the purple episodes. You love them, so we have more of them. So why purple? No, you know, it's not my favorite color, but it's a tribute to the Purple Cow written by Seth Godin, which is one of the best marketing books I ever read. I read it in 2005, and it taught me how to be different and stand out. The lessons I learned in that book helped me build a six-figure passive MLM business that still pays me today, even though I'm busy doing coaching and training. I'm retired. It still pays me. And I'm calling this a Purple episode as a tribute to Seth Godin, because if it wasn't for that book, I probably wouldn't be where I am today, and you wouldn't be listening to MLM Nation. And the main lesson from the Purple Cow is that you must do everything to be different and stand out. So that's why this is a purple episode because it's different. And from the rest of the episodes, we got an amazing leader, amazing entrepreneur I want to introduce to you. And each of these purple episodes will pop up randomly. So let's go to our purple episode. So this one, I admit to you, today I just came back from a jog and I was wondering how should I categorize this purple episode? I mean, this guy who I'm about to introduce to you is called Ken Dunn. And is he like an MLM super friend? Or, you know, because MLM super friends sometimes are not necessarily in the business. They do other things. But Ken has done it all. And so I guess he's like a super, super friend. And what's an MLM super, super friend? Are just people who have been a distributor, they've owned companies, they've done so, so, so much more. They're really our allies to this industry. And so let me share with you today's guest is Ken Dunn. He was a police officer before he got involved in network marketing. And once he started MLM, he has done it all. And I'm pardon the pun done, but I couldn't even think of any other word. Ken has been a top income earner, a master distributor, and made over $11 million in network marketing. Ken then transitioned and founded and owned his own MLM company. Ken then later started two other companies, Next Century Publishing and Reader's Legacy, that helps MLM professionals. Next Century Publishing has helped publish books for over 150 top MLM income earners. Ken is also the author of five books on sales, marketing, business, and sold more than 250,000 books in 10 languages around the world. So like I said, Ken Dunn has done it all. Uh, Ken, I'm sorry for the pardon, pun there, Ken Dunn, but I really couldn't think of any other word to describe you. So I've just given Emma Mission just a really quick intro, but please share more about your background. And let's go back to your police officer days. How did you get started in network marketing? Wow, thanks a lot, uh, Simon. I, I've... Uh... 
that's probably one of the kindest introductions I've ever had in in network marketing or in my new professional life as a publisher and owner of a social media company. Look, Simon, if somebody had have told me 30 years ago where I would have gone, the places I would have gone, the people I would have met, if it weren't Dr. Seuss telling me, I would have I would have lost my marbles. Uh, I spent 14 years in investigative policing. When I was 20 years old, I was one of the youngest police officers to ever do an undercover drug project in Canada. When I was 23, I was on a SWAT team. When I was 27, I was a major crime investigator, detective, investigating murders and armed robberies. And when I was 29, I was the chief interrogator of a major North American law enforcement agency. And when I was 29, my wife told me I was about to become a dad, and I decided I wanted to get out of policing. And it wasn't much longer after that. It was literally within two months, a buddy of mine introduced me to my first network marketing company, and I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know the good or the bad. It just made sense to me from day one, and uh, I jumped in. I, I saw it as my ability or my chance to get out of policing. So how did you do uh, when you first jumped in? Well, you know what? I had a lot going for me, Simon. I, I've had a chance to teach people in network marketing all over the world. And, and what I, what I, the first thing I want to get people to understand is that we are not involved in professional development in network marketing. Now, now I know that that is going to contradict everything that you talk about, but it, it, it's a different term we need to start understanding. It's not professional development. It's credibility enhancement. Our industry is based on credibility enhancement. And what is that? It's professional development with a purpose. You see, when I first got started in network marketing, I was a homicide detective and the chief interrogator of a police department. Nobody ever told me that's a scam. That won't work. You, you shouldn't do it because I did my due diligence and I knew it was a scam. And I had so much credibility with the people that I was talking to that nobody said no to me. The first 10 people that I talked to about my first company all joined. We, we put 40 people in the business in the first 30 days. And by our first convention, four months later, we had 400 people in our team. And uh, I made a quarter of a million dollars my very first year in network marketing because of it. Wow. So we all should be police officers then, huh? You know, it's, it, it, you, <laughs> obviously you can't all be police officers, but everybody can focus on enhancing their credibility. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, some small steps. I know you definitely teach a lot about that. Um, what was like uh, – so things – you know, it's, it's so hard because normally I ask you, like, what are the challenges you face? What was the worst moment in network marketing? Because things went smoothly for you, and we know the entrepreneur journey is always up and down. What would be the worst moment you ever had in network marketing? I was afraid you were going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it wasn't all rosy. I, I love telling that story because I had a tremendous start. But Simon, you know, you've been successful in your life and you've had tremendous success, which means you've also had tremendous pain because no success comes without pain in this industry or any industry. I thought I was going to have a breeze of this. I got to my 12th month in the industry and I was making $25,000 a month and it was growing like mad. And at Christmas time in my 12th month, the two top leaders in my team came to my house and I thought they were bringing Christmas presents for me, but they came to tell me they were quitting. They confronted me with it. They said, Ken, we're quitting. 
And I said, why? And they said, well, it's nothing to do with the company or the products. It's you. You're an ass. And we don't want to work with you. And our teams don't want to work with you. Simon, what I didn't know is that I had built my business the same way I had worked in law enforcement. I was a dictator. I was a tyrant. I pushed people around. It was it was painful. And, and eventually it just all collapsed. When the two top leaders in your team quit, guess who else quits? Hmm. Everybody. My team went from 3,000 to three in six days. It, it completely collapsed. I went from 25,000 income down to $800 I made my next month. And I had to start again. And uh, I, I started reading books and, and studying credibility enhancement, professional development, personal development, whatever we want to call it. I, I needed to find answers. And my wife saw what I was going through and she gave me a stencil. You know what a stencil is. It's a little saying it's a, you put on your wall. It was, it was Gandhi's quote. It was, be the change you wish to see in the world. And, and that was, it's the most inspiring thing anybody's ever done for me because I started studying Gandhi and Mother Teresa and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and Steve Jobs. And I realized that these leaders all shared things in common. I, I, I call them traits. They shared seven traits that I discovered. And they were, I've lived my life with them. I've applied them to myself. They're the seven traits of inspirational leadership. And I've written a book about that subject. But anyway, Simon, I, I recovered. I decided, here's what I realized after everybody quit. I knew two things. I knew I needed to get be better. I knew I had to fix the flaws in my personality because I didn't want to go through that again. That was painful. And then the second thing is I knew I was a great recruiter. I knew people wouldn't say no to me. I knew I still had that credibility. So I went out and started recruiting new people and recovered. Thank you for sharing that. Let me um, ask you a question. How did you feel that you were a great recruiter? Didn't you? Because I know this thing bothers a lot of distributors. They feel that if they brought someone into the company and then, and then the whole thing collapsed and didn't make any money, a lot of times they feel that, oh, I let people down. How do you still have that mindset that you're still a great recruiter? Because some people could say, hey, Ken, you're terrible. You sucked. You just, everyone left. You left with nothing. Three people. I mean, yeah. that's pretty, I mean, that's pathetic. 3,000, I mean, well, 3,000 three people, you have nothing. But how did you maintain the positive self-talk to keep going and to even go back to networking? Because some people would say like, ah, you know, I told you, Ken, it didn't work. You know, these things don't work. They collide. They only... But why did you keep, and now it's been you know, over a decade, you're still in this profession doing so much. What kept you in the game? Well, first thing I got to tell you, Simon, is I, I wasn't honest with you just now. It wasn't actually three people that were left. It was me and my wife and my dog. So technically it was two, <laughs> two, two people and a pet. But uh, no, look, I, I what I realized is that I – I had an incredible passion developed for network marketing. I understood it. I've tasted the success of it. And I knew that there were more people out there looking for change than than the 3,000 people that decided to quit. I didn't care about that. I knew I could become better. I knew with the right roadmap, the right examples, the examples I found in the 1,000 books I've read since, I could become the best leader in the world. I'm not talking about network marketing. I mean, even to this day. And, and, and I knew there were so many new people out there that it didn't matter. So I just went out and started talking to new people. <coughs> I, I kept saying the same things because my pitch to them wasn't wrong. It was how I treated people after they joined that I had to fix. 
And so I, I never, ever, I, I kept telling myself every day that my challenge wasn't how I enrolled people, that I was good at that and that I knew people wanted this opportunity. And I knew that not everybody would want it because you had to catch them on the right day. You had to catch them when they were in pain. And you never knew when they were in pain. So you had to talk to as many people as you could and you'd find the ones that would want to join. And, and I just kept doing it. And, and, and it, it, it proved to be successful. After that day, Simon, I, I grew my business and my income back up. And three, two, two years and three months later, I was making a million dollars a year. And I've never, ever looked back. I, I was in the industry for a total of 14 years. And I made a million dollars or more a year, nine of the 14 years. Wow. That's really impressive. Um, you had talked about one of the books you wrote about leadership and the seven traits of inspired leadership. And you start applying that. Can you just really, really quickly, what are the seven traits? Oh, goodness gracious. There's there's a whole bunch that, that are really in, important for people to understand. The, the most important trait in all of them is finding your core task. What I found in all of the leaders that I studied, the book is called Being the Change, by the way. It's available on readerslegacy.com or on Amazon. We've sold about 100,000 copies of it. But I found that all of the leaders, very, very early in their lives, they knew what they were designed for. They knew what their core task was. In network marketing, your core task is prospecting. It's not recruiting. It's not sponsoring. Recruiting and sponsoring those two things happen as a result of effective prospecting. The only thing you need to be good at is getting people in the front door. The only thing you need to be good at is connecting with people and, and letting them like you and, you know, connecting at a deep heart centered level. And, and once you do that and they like you, they'll look at whatever you want them to look at. So I, those leaders, all of them that I mentioned, were they all knew what their core task was. They also, they were all really devoted to themselves. They, they were all focused on putting the best foot forward. They were all focused on being servants to other people. It was unbelievable. They all had incredible attention to detail. Simon, if you take a look at anybody who's successful in life, you will find that they are detail-oriented. Any of your listeners that are listening to this and know that they are not detail-oriented, that they don't pay attention to detail, that they let the little things slip through the cracks, they will realize as soon as they hear my voice saying this, that though that inattention to detail has hurt them in their lives. The world's greatest leaders all had incredible attention to detail. They were humble, every one of them. They didn't care about personal accolades. They, they were just so mission-focused. My, my friend Nick Boothman, who would be a great guest for your show, um, Nick wrote a book called How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less, sold over 3 million copies of it. He created a phrase called humbility. Hmm. Humbility, that's like your that. ability to stay humble. It's the action you can take by focusing on everybody else but you. And those leaders were all humble. Uh, I go into much more detail on the seven points in the book, but that, that's a good overview of them. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Really, really good stuff. And we're going to have, uh, I want to do a recap review of those things after this. Um, now let's transition a little bit. Um, talk about your journey. I mean, how did you come from like a top distributor to uh, owning your own company to what you're doing now? Well, it was, it was a really neat progression for me. I, look, there, most of us that have been around this business for a long time, 
we end up going through ups and downs. I unfortunately got into a situation where a company that I was working with failed and I went from making a million dollars a year to zero dollars a year and then I had to go to my next company and it did really well and I got back up to 90,000 a month and then I was introduced to a scientist that had created these amazing products and and I knew that they would be perfect for for the net, for a big network marketing company and I also knew that I wanted to create a, a company that incorporated a points plan and travel and so I decided to start my own with some partners in Utah and that business started to take off and then I I came up with an idea. I, I read an article in the New York Times back in August of 2011. It was an article where the New York Times reported that the industry of publishing was changing. It was the first month that more books were sold online than offline. And by that time, I had written five books and I'd fallen in love with books and I started my own little publishing company. And when I read that, I realized that in this whole transition to the virtual, nobody had actually thought about the reader. Nobody had actually thought about how much people love books. And I decided to create the world's largest book club. And so I came up with this idea to create a social media website that was like Facebook meets Amazon. It was for readers. And it, it had all the books in the world in its library. But people could go to a social media environment that was clean. There was no politics. There was no racism. There was no crap to do with you know, religion, any of that stuff. It was just all of the world's readers in one place, people who love books. They could build a virtual version of their home library. They could display the books they've read. They could connect with other readers. They could make social media posts. They could share links. They could join book clubs. And for all those things, they get points called lit coins. And they can use the lit coins to buy real physical books. And I got so excited when I read that article, Simon, that I decided I was going to use all the money I made in network marketing and I was going to figure out how to build that website. And I was, that website was one day going to be the Facebook for readers. It was going to have tens of millions of people in it and everybody who loved books would hang out there. And three years later, it happened. <laughs> and awesome. So that is Reader's Legacy, correct? It is. It is readerslegacy.com. Awesome. And we'll include that in the show notes there. Where So when the, uh, if people want to learn more, they can just go to the website. I know there's a video there. They can get the full details about that. Yeah. You know what? If, if anybody that's listening to us loves books, they need to go to readerslegacy.com. There's a minute long video that will explain it. They need to sign up and create an account. It's free. It's just like Facebook in there. But you actually get a referral link for signing up. And when you, you refer somebody else, they click on your link, you get 10,000 lit coins for them joining. Well, 20,000, 40,000 lit coins will buy you a $20 physical book. We mail the book straight to you. And so it's, you definitely want to sign up. It's unbelievable. Hmm. And this is all related to like what you said, credibility enhancement. Um, Obviously, when you read, the more you learn, you increase your credibility. What are some other ways to uh, you can increase your credibility? Yeah, you're, you're touching on my favorite thing to talk about in the world now. Simon, the bottom line is this. You are not going to make a full-time income in network marketing talking to people that you know. You have to become the type of person that knows how to turn somebody that you don't know into somebody that you know. It's really that simple. And un unfortunately, you've got to be good at enhancing credibility because 
people are going to make an opinion of you, whether they like you or not, within the first three seconds of meeting you. And so I learned how to do this in interrogating people. I know that sounds odd, but it, it's the reality. I learned how to connect with people and how to get them to like me. So it comes from understanding what's the number one thing in the world that we all like to talk about. We like to talk about ourselves. It also comes from understanding that if people are going to decide if they like you or not in the first three seconds, that it has nothing to do with what you say. It has to do with how you look, how you sound, how you dress, all of the things that, that emit or put off subconscious feelings by other people. And so if you want to do really good in network marketing, you've got to take that all into line. You've got to get yourself out there positioned as authority. You've got to get people joining your Facebook page and your reader's legacy page and all those other cool things in between. And that helps you to build your credibility with others. Awesome. And I know one way, very, very good way to increase your credibility is if you have a book, right? And that leads to uh, next century publishing. I know you guys have done incredible things. You've published books for over 150 top MLM earners. Uh, can you share a little bit about next century publishing? Well, next century publishing is part of Reader's Legacy, and it is the top nonfiction publishing company in the United States of America. I'm so proud of the team there. We've got over 40 employees. As of today, we've published over 1,800 books. And uh, people can go to the website Next Century Publishing to learn the details. If, if they mention the show and they mention that they know me from network marketing and, and they're interested in writing a book or they've already written one and they're looking for a publisher, if they mention the show or network marketing, my staff will give them a 20% discount off all the, all the costs associated with it. Uh, it's a really, really good group of people. And Next Century Publishing actually puts on a really cool event, uh, Simon. It's called Stand Out and Get Paid. Uh, I'm going to have you as a, as a guest speaker at that event someday, Simon. We, we do free events all over America. It's authorityfactory.com where we teach people how to build credibility, how to become an authority, and how to monetize their, pro their platforms and their products. That's very, very cool. So uh, let me ask you, who should write a book? Because I think a lot of these listeners say, oh, you know, I, can I don't have a book in me. It takes too much time. Number one, who should write a book? And how does the process like? Because I know, so I mean, one more thing, because I know a lot of leaders, I know personally, like, everyone has a book in them. Everyone has amazing stories to sell, but a lot of people don't believe that. And a lot of people feel like, oh, I have to make millions of dollars before I have to quote unquote credibility to write a book, which is totally not true. So can you just talk a little bit more about that? Simon, everybody should write a book. Everybody that has a story to tell could touch somebody else's life. Uh, my, my favorite saying in the world is, Every writer, every reader has a book and every book has a reader. And, and so I think you should. A, a book is the number one way to build your credibility with other people. And millions of people do it. The New York Times actually does a, a, a survey every January. They ask 10,000 average Americans, have you ever thought about writing a book? And 70% of people say, I have. And the process isn't that hard. Simon, we actually help people write books. We... We have a weekend-long writing course where people show up at 5 o'clock on Friday with the idea for a book in their mind, and they work with us from 5 till 9 on Friday and from 9 till 5 on Saturday and Sunday, 
And by Sunday afternoon, the book has come out of their head and is now finished on paper, 30,000 words in one single weekend. And it only costs 300 bucks. It's, it's a really great deal because hmm. 70% of people want to write books. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's the number one credibility builder. It is the number one business card, right? Talking about standing out. Most people, if you go to networking events, you're giving out little business cards. But if, if, if like someone gives you a book, the instant credibility. Like if you go to a networking event and meet 20 people, you get 19 cards, but you got one book. The person who got the book, he's probably has definitely the most credibility. Yep, exactly. I, I literally give my books out for free wherever I go. I don't carry business cards. I carry books, and I pass them out to people all the time. Uh, speaking about your books, you're, uh, you have this book, The Greatest Prospector in the World, a historically accurate parable on creating success in sales, business, and life. Can you share a few lessons in this book, and then where, where can people get this copy? Well, I, I know I can tell you that you have a copy of it, and I'm sure you've read it by now and you enjoyed it. I, it this, is my, this is my legacy book. I'm so proud of this. It's a fiction parable. Uh, I, the first book I ever read and enjoyed was Og Mandino's book, The Greatest Salesman in the World. So I wrote this as a tribute to Og's book. And it, it's a story of a young girl that grows up in the rivers of Alaska in 1908. And her father dies, and she has to move to Chicago where she's taught the six secret lessons of gold prospecting. Well, it just turns out that the six lessons of gold prospecting are also the six secrets that the world's most elite prospectors in sales use. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, there's you would get them. One of them is know what you're looking for. In the old Klondike gold rush days, the greatest gold prospectors, they knew exactly where to start prospecting. They could see things in the environment that would lead them. They could see the, the land, the earth, the weather. They knew that there was gold buried there. Well, it, it's not different in sales. You need to know what you're looking for. I, I can't tell you the number, the thousands of network marketers that I've tried to, to break, help break this habit. They go out and they talk to everybody. Now, I know it says talk to everybody, but if you're in a network marketing company that costs $1,500 to join, you're not going to get a lot of people to sign up at the Social Security office. <laughs> and, and so I teach people to, to really identify the perfect prospects for their opportunity, and then let's figure out where those people are and start there. Gold prospectors, they didn't go up into the Klondike and say, okay, I think I'm going to go start prospecting out in the, the, the ice flow. They, there wouldn't be any gold there. They would know that. They knew there was a better chance of finding gold if they were prospecting in dry places that were elevated above 2,000 feet from water surface. They knew that they were, they were better to find gold in those areas, so they looked in those places first. There's five other lessons that are contained inside of this magical story just like that. Yeah, I think a big problem faces many MM distributors. It's like they, they, you know, the surroundings and the people they ha hang out with are not the right people. And right. they really have to get out of their comfort zone and like kind of say no to their friends. Not like they're bad people, but put themselves in a different environment where people are hungry for opportunity. And not, it's like the people who want it and not necessarily people who need it. I think everyone needs network marketing, an extra stream of income, but most people don't want it. And the people, most MM distributors, they fail, they get frustrated because they're fishing in the wrong, you know, they're in the wrong place. They're fishing in the wrong pond. 
Yeah, well, it's funny you say that. The comfort zone is is so important to the success, and and people do have to get outside of it. And and they had that same problem back in 1906 in the Klondike days. People knew that a lot of times prospecting for gold, they'd have to do it year round, and they'd have to get into the rivers when they were panning. And and those rivers in Alaska in the winter time, when they could find one that was flowing and unfrozen, it would be minus 40 degrees. But they'd have to get in that river every day if they wanted to be successful. They needed to pan the gold. And and the secret lesson of those gold prospectors was to get into the river even when you didn't want to. You just do it every day. Even if you don't want to, you have to do it. And it's the exact same challenge for people prospecting in MLM, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to do it even when you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I love the book. It's very fun to read. And I love the chapter. It said, get back in the river. Like, no matter what happens, you got to get back in the river. Absolutely. Really cool. So um, just a couple more questions, Ken. Uh, first one is, what would you consider, you know, you've done so many things in network marketing. Uh, what would you consider your proudest moment in network marketing? I, I got to tell you what comes to mind, Simon. I, I have had so many incredible people that have reached out to me after the, after they've read Being the Change in Network Marketing or the Most Important Minute in Network Marketing and and, and they've They've told me how that book has impacted them. They, they've said things like, you know, I've had so many uplines and mentors that just pushed me to do things, but nobody let me discover it for myself. Nobody guided me to personal mastery or personal discovery, and your book did. And, and I, just knowing that I w- I've been able to, to not do it for people or not take the credit for people. Certainly the money's not the proudest part. Knowing I've, I've been able to create something that continues to inspire people and, and help them to get through their own crap, I, I think that's the proudest for me. Hmm. Now, you've been in network marketing for a while now. What, uh, where do you see the industry going? Do you, the, the first question, actually, before that is, do you see people more open to network marketing than before? And where do you see the profession headed to? I think that network marketing is going to continue on the track it is. But here's what I think is about to happen, Simon. I think that in the next 20 years, the lines between network marketing and traditional business are going to disappear. And I don't think it's going to be network marketing, and I don't think it's going to be traditional business, and I don't think average people are going to notice. I'll give you an example. In a week, I am launching a revenue share in Reader's Legacy. Reader's Legacy also has an author marketing platform. If you're an author, you can create a page in there and you can subscribe to a $29 a month fee. And in, once you do that, you're going to get a minimum amount of criteria that you have to do. You're going to have to write two articles a month. You're going to have to post three to four links from other websites. So you, Simon, could post your interviews in there. You're going to have to share links onto other sites. You're going to have to refer to people, and you're going to have to spend at least $50 on advertising. Well, we're going to take 20% of all the revenue from the subscriptions and 20% of all of our sales, and we're going to put it into a pool. If, if an author who's paying us $29 a month does that minimum amount of criteria, he's go- he or she is going to earn a share of the total pool. Now, if, if the pool is 10000 and they earn one share and there's 100 shares, that means the author would earn $100. If the pool is a million and there's 100 shares, that means the author would earn 10000 for that one share. <clears throat> but the more activity, social activity the author does, 
The more books they sell, the more articles they write, the more shares they get. And they can refer people to join and get more shares. Simon, doesn't that sound like network marketing to you? Yeah, it's very blurred. It's like a traditional business and network marketing all, all bundled up. It's, it's and, and it's where the future is going. I am going to have millions of authors that are going to join Reader's Legacy. And the smart authors are going to join now before it launches because the more people you have following you in Reader's Legacy, the, the, the bigger the advantage you're going to have on getting those shares when that program launches in August of 2016. Hmm, very, very exciting. Um, some really quick before, – before we wrap up, Ken, some really quick questions to pick your brain, okay? And one of them is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Be the change you wish to see in the world. When, when my life was at one of its lowest points and everybody had quit me and I realized that I needed to grow and that I wasn't a great person, I, I started focusing on becoming better. But in those very, very moments that I felt lost and alone, my wife gave me that quote. And, and I've lived by it. I've studied Gandhi. I know the details of his life, the inspiration he was to other people. And that quote has, has been like a shield that's kept me focused on winning. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? I finish what I start and I do what I say I'm going to do. I, I, I never, ever have not finished something I've started and I, and I always, 100% of the time, fulfill my commitments. Might, might not be as fast as I want to fulfill them or as fast as somebody else wants me to fulfill them, but I always, always fulfill my commitments. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you grow up in Toronto, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. The best piece of advice that I've ever been given. Don't argue with stupid because stupid will always win. <laughs> that's a good one. Yes, save your energy. That's good. Uh, when you were prospecting, what tool do you use? Like, if say someone was qualified, is a good and you know, uh, is a good prospect. Do you, would you sit down and do one on one, or do you use a newsletter? Do you use a PowerPoint, a webinar, or online video? What, what do you What do you recommend? I, I use them all. More importantly, Simon, whenever I have a new prospect, when I want to show them something, I always ask them a question. Hmm. And th this comes from my interrogation days. Here's what I ask them, and I would encourage every one of your users to try it. They will have much better closing odds. I say when you're learning new information, do you like to watch the news, read the news, or listen to the news? Because it determines the type of personality they have. Are they kinesthetic? You know, are they visual? It, 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 if you find somebody whose favorite way to learn something new is reading and you give them a video, it's not going to impact them the same way. And so I always ask them what, what's the way they like to learn. And once they tell me that, I will give them the tool that's aligned with their personality. Very, very few leaders understand that i only learned that because of my days in interrogation but if if anybody starts to ask that question when they're prospecting and has the different tools available they will sign up more people that is really you know 
Uh, we've been to how many episodes here? 180 something, right? That is actually one of the best uh, advice we've had on the show. Just 183 oh. episodes. And because uh, it's so true, you know, like if you ask that question, and I love the question, it's like a non salesy way. Do you like to listen to the news, read the news, or watch the news? Because so many times people pitch me on things, right? And even stuff like, like this affiliate or these products, so, and they send me videos. They don't realize Simon Chan doesn't like videos. I hate exactly. TV. I like to read. I like exactly. to I read on my iPad. I read the Wall Street Journal. I read the Business Week, you know? Like, I don't want to watch videos. Give me like. 20 pages to read. I do not want to watch a 10-minute video. That's so true. So true. Yeah. And I end up never watching it. Yeah, that's I know, exactly I'll, I'll read, right. I'll watch it someday. Someday I never do. So good. Yep. Um, do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote, a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? Well, I've, I've invested my life savings in readerslegacy.com. I'm going to have to go with that as my favorite. <laughs> okay. ML Nation, check that out. Readerslegacy.com. No, but let me tell you why. Um, when I decided I didn't want to be a cop anymore, one of my buddies gave me Og Mandino's book, The Greatest Salesman in the World. I was 29. It was the first book I read cover to cover. I was a late starter with reading. I've read over a thousand books now. The books are my most prized possession in the world. I've lost half of those books or given them away, but with Reader's Legacy, I was able to recreate my library right there so everybody can see it. And if somebody wants to know what the books that have made me successful, my top five favorite books are right there. And if somebody wants to know what I'm reading today, my favorite book that I'm reading right now is right there. And, and I'm connected now with over – there's over 30,000 readers in there in the first 60 days. We've, we've signed up 30,000 people, and it's growing by 1,000 people a day. Yeah. I love it. I love books that much. I said, well, you got me hooked. I definitely want to log in there just to see what you're reading right now, Ken. So <laughs> I always want to see what top people are reading. Hey, um, aside from your book, what is one book, one or two books – you could recommend to ML Nation? Well, I would, I would say, firstly, you, if you're in network marketing and you haven't read The Greatest Salesman in the World, then, then you need to. It is, it is the art of prospecting. It's got a little bit of the science in there, but if, there, if you don't know the art, you have no heart. And, and, and it's, it's really important for you to get that. If you're like me and you have a dream one day to build your own business, then there's a book. It's one of my favorites. Just go to my Reader's Legacy page and you'll see it's called The Founder's Dilemma by Noam Wasserman. He teaches people how to start businesses. He's a Princeton PhD that studied 200 of America's fastest growing businesses and he dissected what went right and what went wrong. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing book. But then, you know, my mentor is a guy that you may already have had on your on your show. His name is Oren Woodward, hmm, and and Oren is is a dear friend and an incredible supporter. He's even an investor in my company, and he wrote a book called Launching a Leadership Revolution, which which is just unbelievable. I've read it three times now. Fantastic! I love your quote. If you don't know the art, you don't have heart. Right. Really good. Uh, and. Ken, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? I got the drum roll in my ear. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you didn't know your wife, you didn't know one, but you're kind of like an alien that went to another planet. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you would do or the first pl- – so you didn't even know Reader's Legacy. You had nothing. What's the first thing you would do or the first place you will go – to build an ML business from scratch? 
I would go back to my time in the river to know what you're looking for. I would ask myself, where are all the people who would use this product hanging out? And if it was an electrical service MLM, I would probably go to a homeowners association. If it was somebody that want, if it was an anti-aging supplement or a nutritional supplement, I would start. I would go to the biggest gym in town. And the, but when I got there, I wouldn't start pitching my business or my product. I'd just start making friends. Mm. Awesome! I love it. The homeowners association. Love really good stuff. Uh, thank you, Ken. You know, as we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you and contact you? So if, you can go to my website, KenDunn.com, or, or you can catch me. I'm always in ReadersLegacy.com. My, my biggest piece of advice stems from my last four years. I left network marketing and 30% ownership in my own company, walked away from an industry that I made millions in, and I bet the farm on a, on a social media website, building a social media website. And, and you know, everybody, everybody told me I was crazy. They said, hey, Ken, you've missed the boat. Facebook's nine years old and a whole bunch of things. But my passion for this is just so huge and so strong. And my desire to help authors, so huge and so strong. And my desire to eliminate literacy problems in children is so huge and so strong that, that, I, that nobody could stop me. There isn't, there isn't one, there isn't anything negative word that can be said that would slow me down or deter me. If you want to be successful in your life, doesn't matter if it's network marketing, it could be just with finding the right spouse. You have to be bulletproof. You have to have an unfettering desire to win. You have to persevere through all of the, all of the mud and the crap because it, nothing, nothing to rejoice comes without sacrifice and pain. And if you're going to be successful in anything, it doesn't matter what industry is, you have to persevere. Awesome. Hey, ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you'll be hanging out with Ken Dunn. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and type in Ken, K-E-N, at the search bar. And the show notes, all the information, the books that Ken talked about, read his legacy, his contact info will be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Ken, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much, Ken, again, and God bless you. Yeah, God bless you too. Thank you, brother. Do you want to sign up more prospects? Then attend my free sponsoring workshop and get the exact words I use to sponsor and sign up one of my million-dollar members. This webinar is totally free and I offer it a few times a day. So no matter what time you're in, you can attend. Go to www.sponsoringworkshop.com. That is www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Hey, ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. Make sure you go to mlnation.net and contact Ken Dunn. Ken, K-E-N, last name is D-U-N-N, but if you put in Ken, the show notes will pop right up. Uh, check, contact him, reach out to him. Definitely check out Reader's Legacy. It is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, some here's a recap review, Okay. I love what he talked about credibility enhancement because that is really what network marketing is about. If you're struggling to prospect, it's not, it's your credibility, right? Because people ultimately, they're not buying your products, they're not buying your company, they are buying you. They are buying you. And so how can you increase your credibility? Ken talked about, you know, the way you look, the way you sound, right? It's not the words you say, it's how you sound. How confident are you? 
right? Your credibility enhancement. Having a book uh, dramatically increases your uh, credibility, right? Um, another thing related to that is what he talks about, you got to know what you're looking for. You know, take this taken from his book. I uh, highly recommend you check it out, The Greatest Prospect in the World. You got to know what you're looking for. And who are the type of people that would be interested in your products or in your company, right? In your business. And so you can't be, you know, searching for egos where the donkeys are, right? You can't be searching for people who want to do their remarking who are lazy, Right, who are happy or satisfied with where their lives are. And I think most, and I talked about this on the show, most distributors, you are struggling because the people you're connecting with are not the ones that are hungry for opportunity. You got to, a lot of times they may be co-market, and a lot of times, many times the co-market are better because they don't know you, right? Or your war markets, they themselves may not know you, but they may connect you with, it's a lot of times I'm telling you, can't, uh, can't, talked about this. If you're just going to build on people you know, your existing list, you never build a successful business. You got to continue adding to that list. You got to turn someone who you, like a stranger into someone that trusts you. It goes back to, because uh, going back to, you know, increasing credibility because people make and judge you in three seconds. Now, I'm not saying that's right. We, you know, we shouldn't be judging people. Uh, you know, we should not. That's not something that's nice to do, good to do, but we tend to do it. Right, we judge people by the way they look, the way they sound. Uh, people are judging you the way. How do you work? And one thing that Ken talked about is the details. Successful people are so detailed oriented. Be good, and you know, even though you may hate your job, be good at your job because people pay attention. You know, the saying, "How you do something is how you do everything." Right? The the leaders, the choice of a leader, they know their core task: getting people in front of them, know how to invite, they're servant to others. They are they are humble. They are mission-driven and attention to detail. I think that's one thing that helped me out was maybe I got it from my mom was paying attention to details, small little details. Could they be, you know, if you let small things slip, then they lead to bigger and bigger, bigger things. Okay, so credibility enhancement. Think about yourself. How do people look at you as? And a lot of times, if it's not, you know, positive or not something people are impressed with, what can you do? And self-development is a big part of it. You got to work on yourself. Work on how you communicate to people, right? Communication is extremely important. Uh, some other aha moments here. You know, no success comes without pain. So you get ready to put the pain. I think one of the things I shared in my uh, I shared in my anniversary episode is just putting myself through tough things, like taking the coach shower, hanging on the bar, doing things. Because if you get used to pain, you can handle it. And that's why people who are like kids, who like one of the fears of my kids is like, I give my kids such an easy life that they'll be kind of wimpy when they grow up. Right, they, they, I put them in the they in a good schools. They have a you know, uh, I work at home. They, they're in such a comfortable environment that they they're not hungry, right? Because you have to understand that's why like I never shelter my kids. I want them to go through pain, and sometimes it's tough. Like I don't want them to suffer, but I want them to go through this painful stuff because that makes them stronger. And, and because success in life, every success comes through pain, hardship. You know, I talk about. I can always, you know, you can go to an anniversary episode. My worst moments in network marketing that became the best moments. Ken's worst moment. Think about it, three thousand people dwindled to nothing to basically him and his wife, right? And his dog. That's three pe- three people, two people and an animal. And but that was his turning point. That was when he realized, hey, this business is not about. Uh, it's really about me. It's not about the company products or you know he, he was doing a dictator style, but he was being a jerk. And it's like, it was about me. Because this industry works, but wasn't working for him. 
And so what did he have to do? And that actually took him to huge past where he talked about Gandhi learning about the servant leadership and that's what he is the person he's today. And it's very impressive. Out of 14 years in network marketing, he's made a million nine out of the 14 years and now he's taking that money, reinvested it, doing something new. And it's something that all helps network marketing distributors. A um, couple other things is, you know, I thought this was the best advice I've uh I've heard, uh, I keep saying the best, one of the best, okay, on the show is, you know, ask someone, do you like to listen to the news, read the news, or watch the news? And that'll give you an idea whether people want to watch a video, read some information, or listen to an audio. Okay, that is so true. It is so true because every day people say, Simon, can you check this out? Stuff like that. I'm going to do audio. I don't, I'm a reader. I like to read. I don't mind sitting there all day reading, but I definitely do not like watching videos, okay? I don't watch TV. I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch sports. I don't, I don't like to watch videos. So when people, even in a three-minute video, it's painful for me to watch. I'd rather read for 30 minutes and watch a three-minute video. Now, some of you may think, oh, that's weird. How can you read for 30 minutes? I enjoy that, okay? Um, you know, sometimes during my breaks, I'll read. I can you know, there's videos that uh, it's on my to read, you know, kind of like a YouTube. People send me the links. It's like on the watch later list. That watch later keeps accumulating. I never get to it. But articles, I read, 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 read. So you got to know who the prospect is. So hint, hint, if you ever want to pitch me on something, send me something to read. Don't send me a video. Never send me an audio. Video. Audio is number two. I like to listen to audios because I work out. I can listen to them while I'm running. I run a lot. I bike a lot. I can listen to them. I'm driving the car. But I never like to watch a video. And actually, you know what I do? Here's a tip to save you time. Anytime someone sends me a video and it's really important, I have to watch it, I use a convert and convert that video to an audio because I just refuse to sit there and waste my time watching a video. Okay, There's so many other things I could be. I could be exercising and listening to the audio instead. So um, anyway, getting back to this little off-tangent, but it's so good that you should use all the prospecting tools but find out what is relevant to the prospect. Really good stuff. Make sure you connect with Ken. Uh, I can go on and on about his greatest prospector. Uh, you know, another great tip was like finish what you start. I think that is a habit of success. And you know, I, going back to my college days, I didn't learn much in college. Um, you know, my parents are probably cringe at saying that. Spent over one hundred twenty-five thousand. I didn't learn much. But the one thing it did teach me was not quitting. I'm proud to say, even though there's some classes that got C pluses, Cs. Hey, I was put, You know, I didn't do all nighters. I still slept, but I had to cram for chapters. And the, the day after the exam, I don't remember a thing. But I passed. I finished it. I never stopped it. So that is something you know. Finish whatever you start. You know, those are those are. You know, talk about buying you. Can't talk about credibility and enhancement. That's what success is, right? People buying you. Small things like attention to detail. Finish what you start because people are watching you, right? So if, you, if you're afraid, here's a tip. If you're afraid that, oh, I'm not going to be able to finish this, here's my tip. Don't do it. You know, I'm, I proud of myself. I'm a boring person. I don't do many things. But if I'm going to do something, it's going to go on. And so I remember when we first started ML Nation, I said, we're going to do three episodes a week. This time, can you do that? Are you sure? I said, you know what? Hey, I don't do many things. I'm a very boring person. But if I'm going to start it, it's going to go on for a long, long, long time, man. We're 183 episodes, and we're still going stronger than ever. So uh, that's a tip. Whatever you start, finish what you started. Don't quit. If you have that mentality, you're not going to quit at things. So anyway... Awesome episode. Make sure you connect with Ken. Awesome wisdom. Go to mlnation.net. Type in Ken. Go check out Reader's Legacy. And um, if you like these shows, please, especially if you like these purple episodes, I know a couple of people like Ramon, Cintron has sent me messages. Others have done. Keep sending me. Let me know your feedback about these purple episodes. It's, I've, I find them very interesting, fascinating. Share me the feedback. Um, subscribe. If you like this, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It means a lot to our team. And finally, 
you know, share with the MLM community. We're on the same awesome profession. And thanks for listening, MLM Nation. Go out there and be, make a productive day. And remember, we are in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.